Hello and welcome to the Backtracker History Show with me, Alice. Join me as I go delving through the archives to find out more about the people, places and events from the past. From tales of pirates and privateers to murderers, tragic accidents to wartime escapades, this podcast has it all. And this episode is no exception. So get ready to give your ears a treat and maybe learn a few things on the way. Francis Harris Tuckett was born in Winterbourne on the 19th of December 1802 and was a world traveller as well as a leather merchant, horticulturist, social reformer, philanthropist and Quaker. Himself the son of Philip de Bourg Tuckett, Francis Tuckett married Mariana Fox, a daughter of Robert Ware Fox the Elder, whose business interests in mining and shipping led to inventions and discoveries in mining engineering, geology and navigation. He was also a Quaker shipbroker and businessman in Cornwall, and his other son, Robert Ware Fox the Younger, was a geologist and natural philosopher who became a fellow of the Royal Society. After their marriage on the 29th of March, 1833, Francis Harris Tuckett and his new wife, Mariana, went on to have five children. Francis Fox Tuckett was the eldest and the only son, born the 10th of February, 1834. A girl was born next, Elizabeth Fox Tuckett, in 1835, but died in infancy. Another Elizabeth Fox Tuckett was born on the 9th of April, 1837, at the old house on Frenchay Common. Next came Mariana Fox in 1839 and Charlotte Fox in 1842. Our tale today concentrates on Francis, the older brother, who entered his family business as a leather manufacturer and was also a gentleman farmer all his life, taking two or three months off each year for alpine exploration. Word of the Week And this week... I give you Campus, which isn't educational. It is, in fact, the act of climbing without using your feet. Francis Fox Tuckett had all his father's abilities, interests and charisma, and in addition, became one of the leading 19th century scientific mountaineers, one of the main figures of the golden age of alpine exploration, making the ascent of 269 peaks and the crossing of 687 passes. In the book In Scrambles Amongst the Alps by Edward Wimper, he called Tuckett that mighty mountaineer whose name is known throughout the length and breadth of the Alps. And Geoffrey Winthorpe Young, a British climber, poet and educator, as well as author of several notable books on mountaineering, called Tuckett's approach to climbing 
encyclopedic. Francis's love of mountains started on a visit to the Alps with his father in 1842, when he was only 12 years old. They went to Chamonix and he explored the Mar de Glace. Then, during his adult years, he would devote two or three months each year to climbing, exploring and travel. He became famous for his pioneering alpine work in 1856-74, where his stamina, strength and skill became legendary. On the 18th of June, 1859, he made the first ascent of Aletschorn on the Swiss Alps, together with guides. When he reached the summit, he wrote, The wind of such violence as almost to carry off one's legs, driving snow and 20 degrees Fahrenheit of frost are not quite the comparisons one would select for examination of so vast a landscape, but I unhesitatingly maintain that there is a joy in these measurings of the strength of nature in her wildest moods. A quiet sense of work done in the teeth of the opposition. Today, a Stoke Gifford man has declared that he bought his daughter a fridge for her birthday. He told the reporters, I can't wait to see her face light up when she opens it. In 1861, Tuckett tested a prototype alpine sleeping bag. The end design had a Macintosh outer, the top of which could be unbuttoned to provide ventilation, and a red blanket bag inside, plus an extra red blanket which could be buttoned on, and a woolen hood. This only weighed eight and a half pounds. Tuckett pioneered exploration within the Dauphine Alps in the French Alps in 1862 making the first crossings of the Col de Ecrins, the Col du Soleil and the Col de Glacier Blanc in the Massif de Ecrins. He also made an attempt with the same party on the highest mountain in the range, the unclimbed Bear de Ecrins. In Tuckett's own words, The snow was in very bad order, and as we sank at each step above the knee, it soon became evident that our prospects of success were extremely doubtful. A nearer approach, too, disclosed traces of fresh avalanches, and after much deliberation and a careful examination through the telescope, it was decided that the chances in our favour were too small to render it desirable to waste time in the attempt. Tuckett was also one of the first alpinists to explore the Dolomites in Italy in 1865, together with Douglas William Freshfield. He traversed the Pau di San Martino group in eastern Trentino, crossing the San Martino Dolomites for the first time, a feat which astonished the mountaineering world as they had no maps and little equipment, relying on skill and intuition. Although capturing 376 high peaks, 60 which were previously unconquered, he was no glory hunter. The following announcement appeared in a Bristol newspaper in 1865. The King of Italy has been pleased to create Mr William Matthews of Birmingham 
and Mr. F. Tuckett of Bristol, Knights of the Order of St. Lazarus, in acknowledgement of the services they have rendered to Italy by their geographical and scientific researches in the Italian Alps. Get your walking boots on and your sandwiches packed, because we're off on our big stroll. The Big Bristol to London Stroll. Hello and welcome to the Big Bristol to London Stroll, where we take you along the scenic routes via canals on a gentle walk to our capital. Along the way, we'll discuss the places we see and anything we spot that takes our fancy. Sometimes, we're even joined along the way by family and friends. So come join us as we take the big stroll. This week, our stroll sees us in Newbury, where the town centres around its large market square containing a rare medieval cloth hall next to an adjoining half-timbered granary and the 15th century St Nicholas Church, along with 17th and 18th century listed buildings as well as the Newbury Racecourse. It is also the headquarters of Vodafone and software company Microfocus International. Newbury was founded late in the 11th century, following the Norman conquest as a new borough, hence its name, New Bury. Historically, the town's economic foundation was the cloth trade, and the 16th century cloth magnate Jack of Newbury could well have been the proprietor of the first factory in England, as well as the later tale of the Newbury coat. Never heard of it? Well, the Newbury coat was the outcome of a bet as to whether a gentleman's suit could be produced by the end of the day from wool taken from a sheep's back at the beginning of the day. The local legend was later immortalised in a humorous novel by Elizabethan writer Thomas DeLooney. Not far from Newbury is Greenham Common. A large Royal Air Force station was established there during World War II and in the 1950s it became home to the US Air Force bombers and tankers, which is the reason why it was equipped with the longest military runway in the United Kingdom. In the 1980s it became one of only two US Air Force bases in the UK equipped with ground-launched nuclear-armed cruise missiles causing it to become the site of protests by up to 40,000 protesters and the establishment of the Greenham Common Women's Peace Camp. With the end of the Cold War, the base was closed. The runway was broken up, much of it used as fill material in building the Newbury Bypass, and the area was restored to Heathland. This project then saw Greenham and Cookham Common reopen to the public in 2000. Also near Newbury is High Clear Castle, a Grade 1 listed country house built in 1679 and largely renovated in the 1840s, 
with a park designed by Capability Brown in the 18th century. High Clear Castle has been used as a filming location for several films and television series, including 1990s comedy series Jeeves and Wooster, and achieved international fame as the main location for the historical drama series Downton Abbey and its subsequent 2019 film. At the beginning of World War I, a hospital for war wounded was opened at Highclere Castle, with Lady Carnarvon helping with the organisation and assisting as a nurse. The castle became home to Egyptian artefacts after the fifth Earl, an enthusiastic amateur Egyptologist, sponsored the excavation of nobles' tombs in Thebes in 1907 and employed archaeologist Howard Carter in the search for the tomb of Tutankhamun. During World War II, the castle provided a home for dozens of evacuee children. The estate was the location of several crashes of Allied aircraft, including a B-17 flying fortress, parts of which are now in the possession of Highclere. If you're wondering why we're doing this massive walk, it's to raise money for Suicide Prevention Bristol, in memory of Sarah, a listener and friend. So if you want to show some support and make a donation to this worthy cause, head on over to justgiving.com, type in Backtracker and you'll find our page. You'll also read about Sarah, who sadly passed away earlier this year. Now let me tell you a little bit more about our hero today, Francis Tuckett. Francis Tuckett's diaries and letters show how much he loved the scenery and he had an insatiable curiosity and a great joy in pushing himself to the limit, both physically and mentally. Throughout his travels, Tuckett documented well in the form of letters the exploits of him and his companion, from run-ins with the army to treacherous weather, all is eloquently detailed in his correspondence. In Trentino, the names of Tuckett, Freshfield, John Ball and Edward Robson Whitewell are remembered as the pioneers who put the Dolomites on the map. In 1871, in the Brenta Dolomites, Tuckett and Freshfield climbed the Thema Brenta, which is 3,150 metres high, via the west side. At the time, this peak was thought to be the highest summit in the range. The Refugio Tuckett, above the Madonna di Campiglio, situated at an altitude of 2,272 metres in the Brent Dolomites, is named after Francis Tuckett. These mountain refuges are essentially ski chalet-sized basic hotels in which walkers and climbers can seek refuge. The one in Adonna di Campiglio has a portrait of Francis Fox Tuckett adorning the dining room. Another refuge named in his honour is the Bocca del Tuckett, at an altitude of 2,648 metres. It's in a pass between two steep rocky peaks that may be seen from the hut. His sister Charlotte wrote that, 
He kept himself in good training for his beloved pursuit of mountaineering by his daily walks to and from Bristol, five miles each way. He used to get home for six, and for more years than I can say, the institution existed of an apple tart served with his tea. On his various adventures, Francis carried a conjuring set. He was an accomplished conjurer, and wherever he went, he delighted the villagers, especially the children, with his sleight of hand. He also used to take out his teeth to their mystification. He would also take with him a bottle of his Cure All, a mixture that included rhubarb and brandy. Francis became vice president of the Alpine Club from 1866 to 1868 and a fellow of the Royal Geographical Society. A letter from Francis appeared in the London Evening Standard Thursday the 26th of November 1868 where he wrote of a landslide that devastated parts of Switzerland and killed 70 people. He was trying to raise funds to help the victims of this disaster by raising awareness to the situation and using his fame and position as the Vice President of the Alpine Club. By 1874, Francis was still only 40, but he did no more serious climbing in the Alps. However, he was always ready to advise and encourage younger climbers. He travelled widely and continued to do so until his death in 1913 at the age of 80. Between 1877 and 1886, he travelled in Greece, Corsica, the Pyrenees and Turkey, making many ascents. Later, he travelled all over the world with frequent visits to Egypt and Italy where he indulged his archaeological interests. He went three times around the world, and along the way, he met the beautiful Alice Fox, who was living at that time with her brother, a sheep farmer, in New Zealand. And family legend has it that the first time, he couldn't muster enough courage to propose to her. But he tried again, and the second time, it was accepted. And they were married on the 17th of January, 1896, when he was 62. He died on 20th of June, 1913, at his birthplace, the Old House, Frenchay Common, and was buried at the Friends Meeting House in Frenchay. Not only was he a Fellow of the Royal Geographical Society, but he was also a member of the British Association for the Advancement of Science. And on his travels, Tuckett built up a collection of objects which by 1917 had been donated to the Pitt Rivers Museum in Oxford. Now Francis wasn't the only one with talents in the Tuckett household. His sister Elizabeth had a talent for drawing as well as a love of travel and produced four popular light-hearted books chronicling her adventures in the form of humorous sketches. How we spent the summer or a voyage on zigzag in Switzerland and Tyrol with some members of the Alpine Club, was the first book published in 1866. She was also a successful illustrator and published children's stories, including The Children's Journey and Other Stories in 1872. You can see copies of Pictures in Tyrol and Zigzagging in the Alps at the Frenchy Village Museum. 
Elizabeth and other family members would often travel with Francis and his friends. Francis and his climbing friends going over the tops of the mountains and meeting up from time to time with the ladies and the less energetic men who travelled by road or mule track, either riding or walking or in primitive transport. The accommodation on these trips was often extremely poor and had quite a bit of vermin. Food was sometimes hard to come by and sunburn was a menace, particularly for the climbers, and they protected their faces with veils and masks when on the snow. Umbrellas were carried in the rain and Lizzie wore what she described as a waterproof habit. It was during these excursions that Elizabeth met and fell in love with William Fowler, the MP for Cambridge, as well as one of Francis's climbing companions. At 11am on the 2nd of March, 1871, a gloriously sunny day, the picturesque village of Frenchay on the outskirts of Bristol was besieged by numerous guests, including members of Parliament, all eager to help celebrate the wedding of a rather unusual and accomplished woman. And of course, this was Elizabeth Tuckett, who was marrying her brother's friend, William Fowler. The first date for the ceremony had been postponed for a month due to Elizabeth being unwell. They celebrated at the Friends Meeting House and many locals came out just to get a glimpse of the happy couple as they passed. Sadly though, Elizabeth died a year later in childbirth. In 2013, a blue plaque was unveiled on the old house on Bexpool Road. The inscription commemorates the birthplace Francis Fox Tuckett. The blue plaque was unveiled by Winterbourne Parish Council who funded the project, coincided with the 100th anniversary since the mountaineer died, also at the old house. Alan Freak, curator of Frenchay Village Museum, which has overseen the plaque scheme, said, We were pleased to welcome the Italian council as Francis Ford Tuckett is revered in Italy, where he mapped most of the Dolomites in the 1860s. Once upon a time. Boring. It was the best of times. It was the worst. You got that right. What's your problem? We want new stories. Hi, it's Frankie. And Garrett. And we host the Ever-Trending Story, a weekly podcast where we bring to life a fictional story created by our own minds and some of the hottest, craziest trends from the internet. Find us wherever you download podcasts and be sure to join the fun on social media at EverTrendingPod. Back in the day facts. And let's start with the 21st of August, 1743, when the exchange in Corn Street, built by John Wood the Elder, was opened in big ceremony. A two-mile-long procession of civic dignitaries and 48 private carriages, accompanied by the roar of cannons, paraded through the centre of Bristol. On the 23rd of August, in 1305, Scottish patriot and hero William Wallace was hanged, drawn and quartered in London. His quarters were sent to Newcastle, Berwick, Stirling and Perth. The 24th of August in 1981 
was a sad day in music history. Former Beatle John Lennon murdered in New York. Got that old limousine, and they went inside the gate there, and then all of a sudden they heard five, six shots, and that was it. Four cops pulled John Lennon out and put him into the back of a police car, and his mouth he was bleeding from his mouth, and he, he, it was a terrible sight. And during the day, this afternoon, before the rain began... The 25th of August, 1875, Captain Matthew Webb became the first recorded person to swim the English Channel, taking just under 22 hours. And on the 26th of August, 1978, Cardinal Albini Luciano was elected Pope John Paul I. He died only 33 days later. I hope you enjoyed the story as much as I enjoyed making it. And... I have to say I am constantly amazed by how many figures from history originated in our local area. A huge thank you has to go out to the real stars of the show, the ones that make me look good. And today, they're Steve Shepherd from Bradley State Radio, as well as Joe Wilson, Becky Vicker and Kate Kendall from St Stephen's Drama Group, right here in Bristol. Thank you for listening to the Backtracker History Show podcast with me, Alice. This has been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. And if you liked it, please leave a rating and maybe a comment. And if you'd like to support the show with a donation, however small, you can go to ko-fi.com, spelt K-O hyphen F-I. And if you're interested in buying merchandise, featuring the show's logo, then pop over to tpublic.com where you'll find lots of things to choose from. And if you want to get in touch with me, it's perfectly easy. You'll be able to find me on Twitter or Facebook by looking for at Backtracker UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK or you can email me direct at info at backtracker.co.uk So until next time guys, take care and look after each other.